This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Garage Logic, broadcasting live from the office of the mayor above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake. Featuring the rookie on production, Chris Reavers, vice president of social media, and John Height in the newsroom. Now, the Fireworks Commissioner, Flashlight King, and Keeper of Common Sense, your mayor, Joe Suchere. Fitting. Very excited for today's show. 50 degrees. Very excited. Why? Can't wait to hear what you thought. About what? Roseanne. <laughs> but for sure you'd you would have you would have watched. I forgot to text you during the show. Remind you to watch. <sighs> Pretty good. I, it was all right. I didn't watch it. Oh. I guess you can't review it then. I was unavoidably detained. Unavoidably detained. Mm-hmm. Is the whole crew back together today? The whole gang? Yeah, for one one great show. Here we go. That's going to be a solid one. You know what, Rook? Why do you just leave for a couple days? Maybe get your head together. You're watching just... this crap, and then you think, I'm going to talk about it, which I'm not, because I didn't watch it. Why don't you just leave for a couple days? Take a couple days off? A yeah. couple plays off? Why don't you? Well, it is, it is break time. The kids are off of school. I could uh, clean the garage. Work I think you some, should. Work on some um, chair boxes. Sure. Yeah, anything. Anything would be better than than reviewing a, a well, retreaded I, I just, sitcom. No, no, no. That's. I think they picked up right where they left off. I want you to read a book. Uh-oh. You want me to take a... Wait. We, we've already been FYI'd. We're, not, we're, we're two minutes into the show. What did we get FYI'd? I don't know. I'm not going to FYI. I just was wondering if I can take a couple days off, too, because I watched it also. I don't care. Go ahead. Okay. Thanks. Um, yeah. Maybe next week, well, though, because I probably will take Yeah, tomorrow. wait a minute. Oh, oh, Reavers, you didn't watch it. You know, the only reason I didn't, um, I was traveling <laughs> nice home try, yesterday. <laughs> so I was... Uh, Did you really park here, by the way, to go to the airport? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've so, done it before. So you mean to tell me... Check this out. Check this out. You mean to tell me... Mm-hmm. You you live in God knows where. Ch- Chaska? The Ch- Chaska Carver. area. Carver. Yes. So you had to drive past the airport mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to get here. Yep. And then get on a train and double back. Yeah. Making a switch of trains in downtown Minneapolis. Because to park here, it cost me zero dollars. Right. What would it cost you at the airport? I, I did. I took a trip back in February and I parked for. How's <clears throat> your voice going? Sorry. I parked for a couple of days. It was a hundred and some bucks to do the park and fly or fly mm. and park or whatever she's called. Hmm. Be really nice if you had free parking at the airport, wouldn't it? Yeah, it sure would. I wish I knew a guy. So yeah, so I what I did was actually what I did was I dropped the bride off at the airport. At the airport with the luggage, she got oh, us checked in. Chivalry is not dead. There you go. Then I parked here and actually got a ride 
from a coworker of ours oh. to the airport. Oh, well, then I took the train back. The story's getting better. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, I'm not mentioning this for you two morons. I'm going to mention it for the listeners who actually read. Oh, yeah, you're, you're uh, going to do something book-related. We lost uh, the author Philip Kerr, K-E-R-R. Philip has one L. 62. He had bladder cancer. He created a character that I've only become aware of in the last year named Bernie Gunther. I don't know this. A, uh, a hard-boiled Berlin cop in the time of Hitler who hated Hitler, uh, but was so good at okay. his job that the Third Reich would occasionally enlist him to clean up some of their messes, and he would get into the damnedest jams you've ever seen. Okay. So I'm mentioning this for... Uh, I'm mentioning this for the people who uh, who read. You might want to uh, try Philip Kerr. Uh, Bernie Gunther is one of crime fiction's most satisfying and unlikely survivors. The good cop in the belly of the beast, Jane Kramer, the New Yorker's longtime European correspondent, wrote last year. Some of the novels bring Gunther into post-war intrigues in Argentina, Cuba, France, Greece, and other countries. Uh... Sounds like there's some possibility there with uh, uh, surprises. It's 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 pretty good stuff. It's uh, it's Raymond Chandler esque. Bernie's a smart Alec, and he uh, he uh, gets himself into some real fixes, uh, and and he's just uh, he's a character. And so I think there's 13 of the Bernie novels. I've only read two of them. One I really like. The other one I could take or leave. I'm not saying you have to run out to the store immediately or go to the Amazons or ha, 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 however you buy books. Mm-hmm. But uh, just as a, as a, uh, a courtesy note to our uh, uh, literary listeners, uh, the guy's name is Philip Kerr. And the uh, he's written a lot of stuff, but his most principal work is creating a, uh, a German police officer named Bernie Gunther. Got it. Yeah. Okay. And and until you read one of his books, uh, you you are not allowed. Uh, you are currently not allowed to mention trading places. Is that correct? Uh, yes. <laughs> you are currently not allowed to mention. Is it Uncle Buck? Uh, Uncle Buck. All right. Yeah. And then you are, we add to that now Roseanne, that, those three. So you are Ooh, forbidden. That'll be tough because Roseanne's pretty current. You just mentioned it. No, I mentioned her, not the sitcom. Oh, well, I just mentioned the sitcom. You're not allowed to. Uh, what's his name? Jonathan Kerr? Philip Kerr. Oh. Philip has one L. K-E-R-R. He's only 62. <clears throat> and the book is? Well, I don't, uh, the newest one coming out oh. uh, next week is called Greeks Bearing Gifts. Kerr drew Gunther as a savvy and cynical Berlin criminal police investigator who hates Hitler and quits his job when the Nazis take over. He becomes a private detective, but is then pressed into gumshoe jobs for the propaganda minister Joseph Goebbels and Reinhard Heydrich, a principal architect of the final solution. But uh, Kerr manages to figure out ways to get Bernie to undermine these people. And uh, it's fascinating stuff. Uh, uh, the first two I've read uh, have Bernie working in a hotel as a concierge in 1956 in the south of France. And uh, I don't have the names of the books in front of me. 
But uh, all you got to do is look up his Bernie Gunther titles. So wait a minute, wait a minute. 1956. Mm-hmm. So it's it's. Well, he's oh. about 50 years old at that point. Okay, so it's post-war that he's putting out some of these fires for. Yeah, the, and as uh, I no no, but the books uh, take you back uh, in time in the in the writing and. Okay. Uh, uh, <clears throat> Those are the only two I've read. For for all I know, some of them are set in the 30s in Berlin. So I, I'm I'm gonna probably try them again. But that's just my public service announcement for Authors Corner. How's that coming, by the way? Uh, I haven't heard back yet. Yeah. But so different events like uh, that. I'm trying to piece it together. It's a flashback mode, like they would go back to the Dearborn hijacking or something like that. <laughs> Find out what you're really challenging me, aren't you? <laughs> You really are. You're really trying to push my buttons, aren't you? You have no idea what the Dearborn hijacking is. Yeah, I do. It's fr- I know. I know what it's from. It's from Beverly Hills Cop because that's another one. Let's put that on the I list. I was going to say you didn't. No. That's four. That's four. That's one I ever. I never referenced that. Yeah, you have many times you've referenced the Dearborn hijacking. Do you know the story behind the Dearborn hijacking? Yeah, I hij- do. I do, and I don't want to hear about it. <laughs> God, help me. So you got uh, Trading Places, Uncle Buck. Beverly Hills Cop and Roseanne off limits, and I'm serious, off limits, or you're fired. All right, I got to think of something else then. All right. It's the end of the world as we know it. The eight years Prussian blue, Prussian with a P. That's the name of a pill that the Nazis loved to take, a drug. Prussian blue, and the other one was the other side of silence. I thought Prussian blue was fantastic. I thought the other side of silence was less so, but it's not not so less that it wouldn't stop me from trying another one. So there you have it. Greg? Hail the Flashlight King. Hail you. Say, uh, you brought up Philip Kerr's novels, and that reminded me, uh, if you like that stuff, there's a particularly good show that I could recommend. Uh, I don't know if you have Amazon Prime, but it's called The Man in the High Castle, and it's an alternate reality show that imagines if the Axis powers had won the war, mm-hmm. and the United States is partitioned uh, so that uh, the Empire of Japan basically has the West Coast, and Nazi Germany has the East Coast, and it's about Americans living life uh, under those two powers. It's based on a Philip K. Dick novel. It's absolutely outstanding. I really recommend it. What's it called again? The Man in the High Castle. All right, thank you. I think we have Amazon Prime, but I don't know how to work it. Somebody in the house. Somebody in your house can tell you how to do that, yeah. I wonder what the rejected title was. Mike, yeah, you're on the air. I got a, I got a. Well, yeah, I got a movie to add to that list. Uh, we should be banning from this guy. All right, Christmas Story. Oh no, that's no, that's a GL crap. favorite. That's a GL. Oh favorite. no, well, yeah. You guys can all quit talking about that that lump clunker. All right, Gene Shepard. That's uh, that's not. Oh, we to don't be... do it year round. No. Heavens, Ryan. Hey, Joe. Hi. I, you uh, better get the Duluth Foghorn ready. Uh, a co-worker of mine, she just had her first child yep. the other day. Yep. 
and I'm not going to say the name. I will spell it out for you and let you enunciate. All right. B R A B R A X L X L E E Braxley. Yes. That's a Duluth double. Thank you. You're aware of the Chinese space station that might uh, hit Earth? <laughs> yes, uh, Chinese Skylab. I was reading more about it today. Mm-hmm. It's unlikely any of us will be conked on the head. Because it will be so... Uh, much yeah. of it will burn up. It's the size okay. of a school bus. Uh, and it's plummeting. Fun. The odds are getting of, hit, uh, of getting hit are small, said Marco... Langbrook, a consultant with the Space Security Center of the Royal Dutch Air Force and Leiden Observatory. Uh, Langbrook, who tracks by satellites and writes the blog Sat Track Cam, has been posting re-entry pred- uh, predictions. We should not over-dramatize the dangers, he said. Hmm. All right. Uh, <clears throat> the risk is low for several reasons. Uh, most of it will break apart and disintegrate as the friction of the Earth's atmosphere burns up the space lab. The surviving bits will likely scatter along a path projected to be about 1,240 miles long by 43 miles wide. Well, the on a planet with a total surface area of about 197 million square miles, that's a small strip. Yeah, And... Uh, the, that strip will probably fall on the ocean, which covers 70% of the Earth's surface. So, you know what? Don't worry about that. Okay. So we can, we can get out of the way. I see a bus coming from the sky. I can dodge a bus. I can get out of the way. Yeah, the chances not... of getting whacked on the head from a falling piece of space debris are less than one in one trillion, according to an aerospace corporation. <laughs> Tiang Yong One reentry fact sheet. Uh... There are no guarantees, of course. In January of 1997, Lottie Williams of Tulsa, Oklahoma, was struck in the shoulder by a hand-sized piece of space junk later determined to have come from a Delta rocket. She was not hurt. And at least 166 pieces of space junk have been recovered over the last 55 years. All right? But here's the deal. Uh, If you see it, if, if some stuff falls, yeah. don't touch it. It's got the evil juice. Ah. The real danger may not lie in people being struck by the, debris, by the debris, but rather in curious people inspecting it, said Langbrook. Yeah, who wouldn't? According to the Aerospace Corporation fact sheet, chunks of Tiang Gong 1 that survive reentry may harbor hydrazine, a toxic and corrosive Rocket fuel. Okay. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Rocket fuel. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Jonathan McDowell, an astrophysicist at the Harvard-Smithsonian Center for Astrophysics, said that any hydrazine would most likely leak out and burn up high in the atmosphere, but just to be cautious, don't touch the debris. Keep people 100 yards away from it and report it to local emergency services, he told the space agency. If that piece fell in the U.S., local police or firefighters should pass the information to NASA 
or the U.S. Air Force, who, under the United Nations Agreement on the Rescue of Astronauts, the Return of Astronauts, and the Return of Objects Launched into Outer Space, must return the debris to China. Oh, the rightful owner. There goes my plan to have China pay for it. I guess we'd have to pay for it. Right. But don't touch it. So if you're you know, looking out the window on Easter, you're having your ham, yep. and a big chunk lands in your yard, Doink. get away. Get out of there. You don't want the hydrazine. That what I call That's it? the last thing I would have thought uh, would have been a um, a uh, a danger was the jet fuel or the rocket fuel. Uh, hydrazine, a toxic and corrosive rocket fuel. Okay. Hey, Reavers. Yes, sir. Uh, so you went to Florida just as the twins were leaving Florida. We arrived Friday morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, we attended. That game that afternoon. Oh, we well know that, Reavers. We we well know that. It was really nice. It was in the mid-80s. So it was too hot, wasn't it? It was a little too warm. Yeah. It was a little too warm. We got your text. We did uh, four games in three did days. Did you get Joe's? Yeah. Yes, I did. <laughs> okay, good. Yes, I did. That's exactly the reaction I was looking for. Yeah, well, you got it. Um, I tell you what, uh, Sarasota's got a nice ballpark. You know, I've never been to Sarasota. Oh, man. That's just up the coast a bit. About, well, the only problem was we had an accident on 75. If you have an accident on 75, you're cooked. We uh, had about doubled our drive time. I can imagine. It took us about two and a half to get there. It's In season, tough you're to creeping. make a move. Yeah. yeah. By the way, an emailer said, you parking here and taking the train to the airport was the equivalent of making a move. Huh. Maybe. I guess. More of a financial move. Well, basically. I mean, it's good to have. Hey, listen, I wouldn't mind having 60 extra bucks in my back pocket. He blew that in the first inning he was there. Yeah. True. First inning of the game. True. You know, I, I was going on a pretty significant run uh, to, to gear up for my trip. Yeah. I thought, you know what? I'm going to see if I can make her today. Yeah. First stand. Nope. Boom. Get, get me one. Let's go. <laughs> 85 degrees. Oh, man. You were there with your honey, weren't you? Yeah. We, uh, we did four games in three days, Rook. Boy, what a loser! Did you ever put her down on the beach? Did you ever let her see sand in the beach? We uh, we went to Sanibel one day. Oh, I like Sanibel. one day. He, yeah. he went to uh, Florida, and you one day is all he spent on. What the- was the traffic like? It was pretty rough. It's pretty rough at this time of year. Going from Fort Myers to Sanibel, what is that? Twenty five ish miles. Oh, if that, yeah. It took but it's us, always going to be. Yeah. yeah, it took us about an hour fifteen. And hour then once and you're half. on the island, there's essentially one road. Yeah. So what we did was we parked, we rented bikes, and toured the island. That was pretty fun. Did you ride down to the lighthouse? Oh, yeah. Isn't that nifty? I love the lighthouse. And Doc Ford's? Yes, we went by Doc Ford's. (laughs) We didn't eat because it was like an hour-plus wait. No, and they have all those little shelling houses or things to stop in and look at. Uh, John Heights coming up with all the news that he sees fit to uh, broadcast. We are... Here's John Height. This is a good song for when it's 50 degrees out. And the sun is out. Yes. So we're losing it though, aren't we? Well. <laughs> uh, twins open the season tomorrow in Baltimore. In fact, a very unusual thing. Everybody starts the season tomorrow. Same day. Yeah. I thought that there was a Wednesday night There's game. There's no Wednesday yeah. night game. Everybody starts tomorrow. That hasn't happened in a few years. Just think, Rook. 
This is our last day without a regular season baseball game until October. Baseball I just can't everywhere. even. Uh, did you see the updated forecast for the Twins home opener next no, Thursday? No. It's supposed to snow. 37 and snow. Yeah, oh, I saw that. Yikes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, Fox Sports North now is doubling back on oh my God. something Hall of Famer Burt Blylevin tweeted last night. This is the most us <laughs> thing ever. Apparently, you still will be able to be circled by Burt. <laughs> Although oh, thank he, God. he oh. took to Twitter yesterday, Bert did, to bid farewell to the long-running tradition at Fox Sports North. Blylevin said on Twitter that the TV broadcast will no longer feature his Circle B. Bert promo. But <laughs> then today, FSN tweeted that the promo isn't going away. It's just evolving. Here's what they tweeted this morning. It will be a square. Circle Me Bert started as an organic on-air element and is not going away. It will continue in its original form. At Burt Bly 1128 will continue to circle fans on TV. The winner circle concept by at Minnesota Lottery, separate from Circle Me Burt, is evolving to include more fans. So basically, Burt can still circle folks with the signs, but the Minnesota Lottery will not have a tie-in to that. I think what they should do is, uh, this year, they should find fans that really don't belong or you don't really think are going to make it throughout life, and then you just put the circle with the slash to it and say, this one... Not going to make it. <laughs> uh, is Was Circle Me Burt sponsored, in other words? By Minnesota Lottery. And it no longer is? That's correct. Okay. Yes. And and Burt this morning said, uh, he tweeted that it was a misunderstanding. He misunderstood what they told him yesterday. Uh-huh. Sure. So, that doesn't surprise me. That's why you go to Twitter right away to straighten everything out, right? <laughs> but you, sh- I don't know. I know, Joe, you did not. But the the backlash oh. from the fans on Twitter, it was comical. People were ready to burn down the stadium. Yeah. They were so upset. Uh, Judd tweeted today, uh, the we could trade the Timberwolves, trade Towns, the Twins, Buxton, and you wouldn't get a reaction as bad as... What you got for mm. Circle Me Bird going oh, away. Darn. We find the darndest thing to get work up, worked up about. Timberwolves in action uh, at home tonight, trying to rebound from that loss to Memphis the other night. Atlanta in town for a game at the Target Center. News notes for today. Alexandria police say it was the owner of a dark SUV who came forward on Sunday to say they believed it was their vehicle that might have been the one that hit a 26-year-old man list, uh, last week and left the scene. Police said the vehicle was located after a tip was called in, and the vehicle matches the description of the one that hit Travis Pennig on March 19th. It included damage consistent with the scene where Pennig was hit. In an attempt to clarify today, Alexandria police said the registered owner of the vehicle was the person who came forward, and the owner is cooperating with law enforcement as detectives continue the investigation. Police said in an updated press release, detectives are attempting to substantiate the driver of the vehicle and the accuracy of the alleged vehicle involved. Police say the vehicle has been examined at a State Bureau of Criminal Apprehension lab and results are pending. Governor Dayton says he would veto a bill that would kickstart construction of a crude oil pipeline replacement across northern Minnesota. The years-long review process for the Enbridge Line 3 pipeline is nearing its conclusion. The Public Utilities Commission approved the final environmental review of the pipeline replacement earlier this month, meaning the commission could approve the route and construction in June. But House Republicans say approval of the Calgary-Alberta-based energy company's project hasn't come fast enough. A House committee passed a bill last night that would authorize construction immediately. Dayton promised this morning he'd veto that legislation. He calls it a politically motivated bill that would trample the state's regulatory process. A lawyer for President Trump broached the idea of the president pardoning two of his former advisors, Michael T. Flynn and Paul Manafort, with their lawyers last year, according to people with knowledge of the discussions. 
Those discussions came as the special counsel was building the case against both men. that raised questions about whether the lawyer, John Dowd, was offering pardons to influence their decisions about whether to plead guilty and cooperate in the investigation. The talks suggest that the uh, lawyers of the president were concerned about what Flynn and Manafort might reveal were they to cut a deal with special counsel Robert Mueller. Shares of Amazon are under pressure today, down 5.68% after a report that the president is eyeing legal means to go after Amazon. Axios's Jonathan Swan said Trump believes Amazon is making life difficult for smaller locally owned retailers, wants to find a way to slow down its dominance on online retail. Amazon has repeatedly slow, uh, showed an ability to disrupt entire sectors with corporate announcements. While the president has not yet decided on any measures, he is thinking about changing Amazon's tax status or taking the route of antitrust action, according to Swan's report. The Orlando nightclub shooter intended to attack Disney World shopping and entertainment complex oh. by hiding a gun in a stroller. Mm-hmm. but became spooked by police and instead chose the gay club as his target. That according to prosecutors in his wife's trial today. Prosecutors revealed the details during their closing arguments in the trial of North Salman, the widow of Pulse nightclub shooter Omar Martin. The 31-year-old Salman is accused of aiding her husband in the attack that killed 49 people in 2016. She's charged with obstruction and providing material support to a terrorist organization. Defense attorneys have described Salman as a simple woman with a low IQ who was abused by her husband, who didn't know of his plans because he concealed much of his life from her. Sweeney, uh, her lawyer, said Salman didn't know that Mateen was going to the Pulse nightclub on the night of the attack. The reboot of Roseanne nabbed stellar ratings last night with 18.2 million viewers tuning in, says ABC. I'm sorry, what? The highest rated comedy telecast on any network in four years. Did you say 18 million? I said 18.2, I think. Yeah, 18.2 million. Isn't that... That's Playoff lot, football numbers? That's a lot, yeah. The show garnered an impressive 5.1 rating in adults 18 to 49, 18.2 million viewers for the hour. Uh, that beats out the revival of Will and Grace, which mm. drew 10.2 million viewers and a three share. And all episodes of This Is Us, except for the Super Bowl episode, the one that followed the Super Bowl, it also beat out its own series finale back in 1997. How you doing, Mayor? I'm struggling. Mm-hmm. If it makes you feel any better, I went and ordered the first uh, Philip Kerr uh, book uh, right after you talked about it. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, March Violets, I believe. I have, so, I have so. to read the early stuff. Yeah. Are we done? Is he done with that story? Can I speak again now? Well, not, not about, not not about, about, about it. That. Yeah. <laughs> Pope Francis fulfilled a young boy's wish when he picked him out of the crowd and invited him, uh, invited him on a ride in his Pope mobile. The child's from Ohio, has Down syndrome, and survived leukemia. He was visiting Rome with his family. The family's tour guide, Mountain Budorak, who works for the Catholic Traveler, led the family to St. Peter's Basilica in Vatican City. As the Pope passed by the group, he had his Pope mobile stop, and he called the boy over. Budorak began filming as someone carried the child up to the Pope. In the video, the boy's mother refers to him as Pete and says he was diagnosed with leukemia two years ago, but by the grace of God, beat it. Huh. Budorak's video shows the Pope kiss and bless Pete and then invite him into the Pope Mobile. Hmm. As a cancer survivor, Pete had the opportunity to ask Make-A-Wish to fulfill one of his dreams. He asked the charity arrange a kiss from the Pope. Make-A-Wish could not grant that wish, but they are fulfilling his second choice, a lightsaber fight with Darth Vader. Okay. Peter. Wait a minute. Yeah. His first wish was what? Uh, to get a kiss from the Pope. We got that. He did. You are correct. That was my next sentence. Oh. Now Pete, that he wanted more? Pete, however, got his first wish fulfilled by chance, the Pope choosing him out of the crowd and giving him not one, 
but two. Gave him two smooches? Two smooches. Thank you very much, John, for doing this story when Kenny was not in the... Uh, you think the, the Pope... Um, serious question. Here we go. You think he's got a cell phone on him, and he's got people in the audience, and they give him a call and say, uh, Papa, we got one down here. You got to stop. Section I'm, I'm not being facetious. Well, if, if this uh, if this thing wasn't set up, I'd be stunned yeah. somehow. I mean, I think it was arranged. I mean, more power think? to him. I think oh, it's yeah, great. Oh, yeah, I agree. But well, I he's, he's got adapt. people that say, Papa, when you get down here, look to my right, I'll be waving my hand. The guy in yeah. the blaze orange hat. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like the thing David Lee Roth used to do with the, the babes in the audience, well, that kind sure of thing. I'm uh, <laughs> not, not, exactly uh, not, wow. not sure it's analogous to Not quite John. the same. Hey, yeah. the one in the green shirt, ready to go. <laughs> no, I'm not sure that's analogous. You're probably right. Yeah, my fault. You know, Van Halen and the Pope, that's uh, that's two different worlds. Right? Yeah. You cannot stop him. He'll just make a move. Joe Sujuray. Here's Dave Dahl. Thank you, Joe. We're at 50 degrees for the second time this year. Uh, the last time, of course, was on St. Patrick's Day. And you have to go all the way back to December 4th for the last 50 of last year. Uh, decreasing clouds and cooler, 26 for the overnight low tonight. We're going to get a few sprinkles, it looks like, this evening as a cool front moves through. That cool front is right on our doorstep. That's going to switch the winds around to the northwest. and They'll be gusty at about 10 to 20 miles per hour this evening. So it's going to be kind of blustery. And then tomorrow, part cloudy and cool, 42 for the high. Northwest winds at 5 to 10. Cools down even more. Rain, snow developing on Friday. Right now it appears, though, it's going to be uh, kind of a mixture first and then change over to mainly snow by Friday night into early Saturday. A couple of inches not out of the question to accumulate, mainly on grassy areas, Friday night into early Saturday. So be aware of that could slow you down a little bit for that first part of the weekend. On Easter Sunday, looking cool. Partly cloudy skies, a high of only 36. Does warm back in the lower 40s by early next week. Right now, Joe, we have mainly cloudy skies. We're going to keep the clouds around, some sprinkles this evening. Uh, probably eat out another degree or two. Right now, we're at 50. Thank you. Rook, uh, you have always argued correctly that what we need to do when we find a liberal insanity, yep. we have to push back. Find some way to push back, yes. There's a restaurant owner in Toronto who has pushed back. How so? He'll become your hero because not only is he pushing back, but it's food-based. <laughs> Animal rights activists were in for a surprise over the weekend when protesters in front of a popular Toronto restaurant were treated to a live demonstration on how you properly butcher the hind quarter of a deer. Ooh, okay. Chef Michael Hunter is co-owner of Antler, a restaurant that serves local, seasonal, and wild foods that are native to Canada. Bison, boar, rabbit, duck, and deer. Sure. When vegan protesters returned to his restaurant for the fourth time in recent days with signs saying animals are not ours to use, killing and eating animals is horrifying, and murder, Hunter decided to conduct a little protest of his own. So he's pushing back. <laughs> All right. right. What'd he do? Well, I'm going to tell you. Protesting against the... Uh, These idiots. Yeah. A Toronto-based animal rights activist filmed and gave the running commentary as the chef went about his work on the other side of a giant picture window. To taunt the activist, he's brought the leg of a recently murdered deer. The activist, Len Goldberg, whined as fellow protesters held a sign under the meat-cutting display that read, Murder. He noted that Hunter was butchering the animal on a table meant for diners. 
Well, let's stop right there. See, to the left, they're allowed to taunt. Yes. But if you push back, you're 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 being hey, unkind. What are you doing? That's, you're not supposed to do that. You're not supposed to respond yeah. to us. You're supposed to do what we want. Right. Go bleep yourself. Right. This guy said, "I'm going to show you how I prepare this deer." Don't even know if this is legal for him to be doing this. Goldberg said, "I don't know what he thinks this will achieve." It, well, it it achieves notice on this show, and I'm celebrating him as a hero. Here, here. At this point, a couple of police officers arrived and went into the restaurant. A video that has since been deleted shows them speaking to Hunter inside the restaurant with smiles on their faces as he continues to prepare the deer. (laughs) Uh, Hunter packed up his tools and meat after about a minute, and both he and the police officers walked away smiling. I'm not sure if police were telling the owner to stop for trying to anger the protesters. See? Oh, they're trying to twist it on it. Goldberg said, uh, I just think this is very disturbing. Again, police telling the owner to stop trying to anger the protesters. But it was okay for the protesters right. to anger the owner of a restaurant. For the last four, was it four days, you said? Last four occasions, yeah. Occasions, okay. In a post on Facebook that has since been deleted, event organizer Marnie Jill Ugar from Diversity Diversity wrote that she felt Hunter had been taunting the group. <sighs> of course he was, you moron. Because he was already he you was were, already were, taunted. He was being taunted by you. Once the deer was cooked, Michael Hunter, owner of Antlers, sat back down at the window to eat the dead deer, she wrote. Oh. I bet it was good, too. Eat the dead deer. Asked for comment, Hunter told Blog T.O. by email that our identity as a restaurant is well known throughout the city, as is our ethical farming and foraging initiatives. We... While we would much rather not be the focus of these protests, we are not at all surprised. We simply want to carry on running a restaurant and have a peaceful environment where our guests can enjoy their food. Antler does not seem to be hurt by the attention. In fact, one commenter on the protester's Facebook page wrote, Antler is now the hottest restaurant in Toronto, thanks to you. Congrats. (laughs) Most, if not all, of the other commenters on the Animal Rights Activist Forum expressed similar sentiments. So, in other words, uh, people opposed to the animal rights activists were able to get on their Facebook page and post comments. That's what it people sounds opposed, like. Opposed, okay, yeah. right. And remember, animal rights activism has nothing to do with uh, the lives of animals. No, it's just a, a minor and irritating wing of the mystery. Here is a uh, small business owner who apparently has a specialty restaurant. That sounds really good to me personally. Yeah, sounds like he's and he knows what he's doing. And and so uh, and and these these they they quite literally are morons. Their their stupidity is is what's horrifying. They say they're being taunted. You show up at the guy's place of right. business, disturb his business, hold up signs that call him a murderer, and you think he's taunting you. Can't have it both ways. Mm-mm, mm-mm. But I would like to try. I'm just picturing some of those little. Those little back straps. My little bison bites. Oh, my gosh. Boar, rabbit, duck, deer. Mm -mm -mm. Yeah. Nice filet. I'd I'd try any A nice filet. Just bake it. From the dollar store. No. And and one of the gals, maybe a lonely gal, you know, she apparently has nothing else to do except stand in front of this guy's restaurant. She appears to have fur on her jacket. Maybe it's synthetic. Ah. Maybe it's synthetic. That would be a big no-no to have... uh, but see, she'd be allowed to have that. Uh, yeah, if she felt like she wanted to have that, people would have to be tolerant enough of her, even though it might be full. 
I guess my favorite part of the story is that the, these uh, misguided souls believed that they were being taunted. <laughs> you show up calling this guy a murderer. Yep. Signs and all outside his place of business where this is his lifeline to make money. Five will get you ten. He he contributes more to the Toronto economy than you do. Right. And you you claim you're being taunted. Oh, he's fighting back. He was processing the deer in the window. I have yet to see an animal rights protest at a biker bar in Sturgis. <laughs> right. Right? Right. Show me that. I'll have new respect yep. for you. Yep. Show me that. It's we... one thing to chase some lady out of uh, Macy's at the Mall of America. It's another thing to show up at a biker bar and go in there like Pee Wee Herman and uh, no more leather. This is cowhide. <laughs> and do uh, what's the dance he did on the bar? Uh, tequila. tequila. Yeah. Do go into the bar and do tequila on the bar. I'll have new respect for you. <laughs> and then get those high shoes from the bartender. Yeah. And then come outside and bump into one of the bikes and have them all tip over. Now that's when we can still talk about, isn't it? Yeah. You can you can talk about anyone that I bring up. Uh yeah. Do, 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 do. That was a it was a that was a classic cute. They don't make movies like that anymore. Oh, I, yeah. No, I, they got to throw in Napoleon Dynamite. How yeah. innocent that was. I mean, it was PG. Oh, that thought it was wonderful. I thought it was well done. Uh, Evil Roy Slade. Well, maybe don't, was, don't don't try this. Uh, you know, you still haven't seen North by Northwest. That's where they're putting down veggies where they ain't growing. No, they put down the <laughs> the, the crop dusting material. He's dusting for crops when there ain't no crops. Right. That's funny. And that's what the, the... Are you giving up the plot of the movie? Is, no. Then he was aware that the plane was after him? Just give it back to me. You're never going to watch it. How about a Sundance? We watched Sundance. Yeah, and you didn't like it. I loved it. My kids did. Well, what's wrong with them? Maybe they'll like the sting. University of Garage Logic, 98. College of Self-Esteem, zip, not a nothing. Here's Joe Suchere. Did the Twins ever get that game in in Washington yesterday? Uh, thought so, because there was a score reported. The uh, temperature for tomorrow in Baltimore is supposed to be mid-60s. It sounds pretty good. Yeah, because there was uh, somebody's game already has been postponed. I thought it was a shootout. You're thinking the wild. Wild I know, I'm just a, playing. Wild went to a shootout. Got a doozy coming up. 1500 ESPN is KSTP St. Paul, Minnesota.